This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. I hope you're having a great Sunday so far. If you got your coffee or tea ready there and uh, sit back and enjoy the action. Uh, speaking of action, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing later today. I'm going to go to the charity car wash at the Ontario Place with all proceeds going to the Toronto Humane Society, of which I'm a great supporter, dog lover forever. I had many dogs growing up, mainly German Shepherds. Today, I've got two dogs, including a German Shepherd and a Border Collie mix, and there's no question, they've got to be two of the smartest breeds of dogs around. And it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's kind of like having kids because everyone thinks, you know, everyone thinks their kids are the best. Everyone thinks their dogs are the best, but uh, mine really are. Uh, so thank you to the volunteers at the Humane Society. Get a car wash if you can. It is the Avoid Probate Show, and I have some probate news for you. An update, you could say. Last month, the province made changes to the way small estates are settled. That's a thing. The province used to consider an estate worth less than $50,000 a, quote, small estate. And so it could be settled using a lighter version of the probate process. So now, as of April 1st, that estate size limit has been expanded to include estate values up to $150,000. So $100,000 difference. But before you get too excited, the probate fee is still owed on any estate value exceeding $50,000. So it's only the first $50,000 that is probate free. So you still have to jump through the hoops with regard to settling the small estate, but there are fewer hoops to jump through in that case. Some experts are suggesting that even $150,000 is too low a number, especially if the estate is in the GTA. We all know what housing prices are like in the GTA, especially we had real estate expert Barry Lebo on a couple of weeks ago talking about it. You certainly cannot buy a house in the GTA for $500,000. Hopefully the small estate number will increase in time. There have been a few other changes to probate in Ontario. We'll talk about some of those other changes in weeks to come. Speaking of predictions, I'm going to predict that the day comes when we see an increase in the estate administration tax rate, also known as the probate fee. Right now, 
it is one and a half percent of the estate value over $50,000. By the way, I've said this before, it happens to be the highest in the country. Congratulations. Given how the pandemic has crippled the provincial economy, though, I would not be surprised to see that one and a half percent increase um, sooner than later, I would think. It's only a matter of time. It is a revenue source for the province, right? I called it a death tax once before. Some might call it a cash grab. Um, that said, you've, you've heard me say it before. For most of my clients, it's not about the fee or the tax itself. What's worse is the frozen accounts and the hassle of having to file documents that have deadlines, the legal fees and the stress of it all. That's why we're here today talking about ways to avoid the probate process as much as possible. Okay, so with that, it's time to bring in this week's guest. He's going to tell us about his own personal situation that he and his siblings went through after his parents passed. It's not exactly um, a probate story, a probate nightmare, as I often refer to it. It certainly, though, is um, an estate settlement nightmare. And often, you know, these things are very closely related and go hand in hand. So stay tuned, fill up your tea or your coffee, and we'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back to the Avoid Probate show on AM740 Zoomer Radio. I'm Jason Laidler, your host this morning. I'm happy to introduce this week's guest, but first of all, full disclosure, our guest today is a good friend of mine. Like almost anyone or everyone who's lost a parent, he has a story. Obviously, we all lose our parents in time. The question is, is it going to be a smooth, harmonious farewell, or is it going to be something different? I'm sure every listener to the show this morning can tell a story either about their own situation or someone else's where the passing of a parent or even a grandparent was anything but harmonious, and that's a shame. I'd like to welcome Ron to the Avoid Probate Show. Good morning, Ron. Uh, good morning, Jason, and thanks for having me. It's certainly a pleasure to be on your show. Well, I'm glad you're here. You know, I know something about your story, and good for you for um, being willing to share it. We are going to change uh, some of the names in the story to protect the innocent, like I keep saying. But I don't know, Ron, why don't I just let you start at the beginning, and um, you know, I'll ask you a few questions as we go, and, and we'll, we'll get through this. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, my story is about uh, not properly planning the estate. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm the eldest of four sibs. Uh, my parents are from the East Coast. They came to Toronto back in the early 1950s uh, to start a life. I was born shortly thereafter in the mid-50s, and uh, 
my parents then bought a home in the West End of Toronto and uh, started raising a family. Uh, part of making uh, means work were was that we uh, often had uh, boarders that came up from the East Coast, so we would be like a way station for people to come up and then start their lives. So we would have uh, tenants, so to speak. So uh, uh, we lived through the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. and uh, In a very different Toronto back then, I'm sure, right? Oh, big time. Yeah, the West End of Toronto was very different than it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole uh, ethnic makeup of the city was drastically different. So, uh, uh, were, were the were the Newfies considered an ethnicity? Well, we were considered ethnic uh, minority at the yeah, time. Yeah, we were kind of uh, humiliated and looked down upon, and uh, you know the Newfie jokes back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. So we we had to endure that. And some of them are still funny today, I think. Oh, for sure. Well, the Newfies have a great sense of humor, for sure. So, okay, I understand your parents are hardworking individuals, um, and you're growing up in the city. When take you know, pick us up from there. What's happening? So my dad was essentially a factory worker. My mother was the homemaker. And uh, we did that for years, and we made ends meet with him bringing a paycheck and renters paying rent to us. Uh, I started working at the, the ripe age of 15 for summer jobs, and uh, actually I lied to get my social insurance number so I could get a job in the factory and I paid rent. So that, Hold on a second. That's funny that you say that because these days, well, I don't know anything about having to be 15 or 16 like you're referring to. These days, you often get your social insurance number like when you're two weeks old mm-hmm. because... This thing called this is a bit off topic, but I'm just going to sh- finish my thought. The the Re- registered education savings plan, the RESP, which is a great tool for parents to save for their child's education. You can't open that plan unless the child has a social insurance number. And of course, with internet technology and everything like that, uh, I'm telling you, people are getting social insurance numbers for two week old uh, babies. I didn't know that there was once a. Well, an age restriction. Back in the 60s, you had to be 16 years old to, to actually get a job and pay tax. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, myself, my uh, uh, my next brother and my sister, we worked hard. We got well-educated. Uh, I took a year off after high school, worked in a factory, and then decided this wasn't the life for me, and then went and got uh, my university degree. Uh, as did uh, my brother, uh, who went on to be a successful teacher, retired, savvy investor, and my sister, who got educated and uh, uh, quite the entrepreneur and has done very well, great families. And then my younger brother, uh, which uh, I guess is what we're here to talk about, uh, he uh, didn't get educated, didn't finish high school, and when we started moving out of the house, uh, starting our own lives, mm-hmm. uh, he got married very young and ended up moving back in the house. And we had no issue with that because he was basically taking care of my parents. Right. So you guys, his older siblings were all out of the house at this point? Pretty much. And, you know, if I'm not wrong, your mom at this stage or, or, or soon after was um, showing signs of early dementia? Yeah, in her early to mid seventies, she started showing showing signs of Alzheimer's, okay, dementia, and as well she had uh, some health issues, and uh, had to get surgery and got caught up in the SARS issue and it got delayed. 
Hmm. And then she passed when she was 78. Okay, but let's back up a second. So before she passed, you know, you mentioned your dad was working hard and he wasn't, because of that, he wasn't really able to give your mom the care that she needed in her final years, right? And so it was an ideal situation for your younger brother, who had, who you said moved back into the house, you know, to kind of justify mm-hmm. him, him being there. He said... uh Hey guys, I'm here to I'm here to look after mom. What's what's the problem, right? And my mom was the matriarch. She, she made all the decisions. She ran the household. Mm-hmm. My father really didn't pay the bills. Didn't you say something about your mom uh, had a quirky habit with her bills? Uh, well, towards the end, she started hiding a lot of the things underneath the couch. My sister came <laughs> and told me that, and so we kind of thought, you know, something was awry here. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. I, I could actually, I shouldn't laugh, and I laugh with respect, of course. And I'm laughing because um, when we cleared cleared out my, my dad's place a couple of years ago, I couldn't believe what we found under the couch. So maybe it's not so uncommon, I don't know. My younger brother, like, like I said, he got married very young, he had kids. Uh, so we didn't have much of an issue that he moved back in. Uh, my father kept on saying that he was going to uh, give the house to my brother. Right, right we'll call him Bill. Yeah. So your dad was so grateful for Bill's assistance that he just said, Bill gets the house. Well, and he'd been saying that for years because uh, he's seen myself and my other two sibs. We were successful. We were right. on the right track. You know, we had uh, hooked up with uh, good good mates and, you know, he knew that we were going to be okay. So... You know, estate estate equalization is a big deal, and you know where parents want to try to be fair. But what you know, what you're saying is something a little bit different in the sense that, you know, if one kid is a Rockefeller and is doing everything right and and living the life, and the other kid is not, well, then maybe it's easy for parents in that situation to uh, favor. The, the one who's not doing so well, right? And that's kind of, sounds like that's what's happened here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure if, if uh, my mother would have uh, survived my father, things probably would have been different today. Okay, well, so Bill's in the house. He's, he's looking after mom until her final days. Mom's gone. Um, what happens next? Well, my mother had uh, an RRSP worth about 100000 and then I, I was talking to my brother one day, and he told me that uh, he was the sole beneficiary on that. And uh, I said, well, why is that? Like, that isn't right. The fact that he gets the house, which at the time was valued at about uh, half a million dollars. This was probably, you know, 15, 18 years ago. House today is probably worth $1.5 million. Sure. But as a matter of principle, like he should not have gotten the the hundred k. That should have been at least split four ways, if not three ways, in lieu of. So, did that? I'm just curious if that conversation happened uh, before your mom passed. Like, did you find out before she passed or after she passed? This was after she passed. So you said you. Uh, by the way. Yeah, Dad says I get the house, and just so you know, I'm also taking the cash. Oh, what he did was uh, he went and hired a lawyer and did the documentation, whether he changed the will or not, I don't know, but became the sole beneficiary. On the RSP. Yeah. And that, you know, t- you touch on a good point there. Um, you mentioned the will. You're not sure if there ever was a will, right? No, you, like I just... Uh, you didn't see it? No. 
So I've said on this uh, show before, you know, the RSP is an example of a registered account. I mean, that's what the first R stands for, a registered retirement savings plan. And like all registered accounts, uh, RSPs, TFSAs, RIFs, if you're over the age of 71, you are able to name a beneficiary at what we call the plan level. So it doesn't have to be in the will. It can be. But you can do it at the plan level, meaning you can do it at, at the financial institution where the money's sitting. And your brother, Bill, took dad to the lawyer and, well, we don't know. We don't know if he changed uh, the beneficiary in the will, because you don't know if there was one or not, or if it was changed at the financial institution. I, it doesn't matter. They both have the same effect, mm-hmm. right? They both change the recipient is going to be of that cash. And didn't you say, I mean, there was some Thanksgiving when things got ugly or... Oh, we had a Thanksgiving uh, get-together at the uh, the family home, and uh, my brother had moved in at the time, and bad words got said between my brother-in-law and my brother, and uh, we had to intervene to sort of break up uh, what could have been a nasty situation. So there was already, you know animosity uh, amongst the siblings because of your brother's position with with taking over the house, right? That so, and his wife and like we all grew up in this house. and Yeah, it's rare, right, to see a bunch of siblings and their spouses all getting along perfectly well. I'm not expecting that to happen anywhere. I have seen it happen uh, from time to time, which is nice. But it sounds like, like normal family stuff so far, except there's a bit of bad blood because of dad's decision to give one of his children the house. Well, this this was the house. The money at the time was not known. Really? Okay, so it goes from bad to worse, really. Yeah. So, what did you do? You're the, you're the eldest of the four kids, and uh, you find out, you know, your baby brother has kind of thrown everybody under the bus. Uh, you, you, were, you were relatively accepting of the fact that that dad picked him to to get the house because he was there looking after mom in her final years, and you guys were standing on your own two feet, so to speak. So, you know, it wasn't ideal, but it wasn't the end of the world for you guys. And then you find out about this $100,000 thing, and that really rubbed you the wrong way, and I understand that. So what would you do when you found out? Well, I contacted my other two sibs and said, are you aware of this? And, of course, they weren't. And then we decided to retain a lawyer and uh, went and had a meeting uh, at a law firm downtown and brought my father in. And we had a lawyer there. And the lawyer witnessed uh, my father as being somewhat uh, in mild stages of dementia and said that uh, you could fight this. You know, there is a bit of a case, but it would go to court and all the money would be spent on lawyers and you just, uh, it would be frittered away. I know there's more to the story, of course, and I want to talk about that and what this uh, visit to the lawyer cost you and your siblings, because that's uh, not insignificant either. Obviously, legal advice isn't free, but uh, we'll, we'll pick that up when we get back right after this break. Please stay tuned. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. 
she noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in. There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time, and I didn't know how much time we had. He walked me through what I should do when I went to the bank, what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank. They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office, and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that, and that it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off, and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost to the account holder. Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca? Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because, by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back, Zoomers, to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Jason Laidler. We're talking um, with my friend Ron about his personal story uh, that he, he and his siblings went through with regard to state settlement after the passing of his parents. Before we pick it up where we left off uh, before the break, I need to remind our listeners that the information provided in this program is for general consumption only and is not entitled to, entitled, intended sorry, to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is different, and so if you have legal or investment questions, you should speak with a licensed expert. Of course, you can contact me by email at avoidprobate.ca or toll-free 1-844-667-7628. I will try to remember to give that uh, contact information out again at the end of the show. Ron, um, before the break, we were talking about how you and your siblings took Dad to a different lawyer to try to reverse uh, the work that your brother had done. I'm assuming that wasn't free. Do you remember what that cost you guys? And yeah, that cost us about a thousand dollars each. So three thousand uh, bucks twenty years ago. So it's nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. The lawyers didn't really uh, give you anything definitive. Said, yeah, okay, you could try to take this matter to court. He didn't know one way or the other for sure. Of course, how a judge would rule on it, but he was concerned about making any changes given your father's current state or lack thereof of capacity, right? Yeah, the, the lawyer said that uh, he arguably has mild dementia, and that would be argued in court. Yeah, okay, so we've talked about this on the show before. Um, you need capacity, and 
if you want to have power of attorney on anybody, I was going to say your parents, but I guess it's on anybody, that person has to have capacity in order to agree and sign off on the power of attorney. This is something we see, uh, unfortunately, from time to time. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody has a stroke or something like that, and they've lost capacity unexpectedly, suddenly. It's too late for you to be able to get power of attorney to assist them with their affairs, whether it's um, property or health. Remember, there are two different kinds. It's something that we see happen regularly, and so I encourage you, you know, if you think that there's going to be a day when you when you should have power of attorney for mom or dad, then maybe uh, you should uh, think about implementing that sooner than later. Because don't forget, also you can you can set um, a trigger. You can say you can set the power of attorney up today, but say that it only kicks in, you know, once a doctor has made a diagnosis or whatever the trigger is. You can make up any trigger you want, but just because you um, complete the power of attorney paperwork today doesn't mean that it's enforced today. So that's an important point because unless you specify other other words, it is enforced. The default setting is that it's enforced today once you've signed those documents. So um, be careful how you set it up. So where are we, Ron? Uh, what did you do? You've 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 left the lawyer's office. You kind of you're not excited about what he had to say because he wasn't exactly able to guide you the way you were hoping for. What happened? So we all went home. Uh, I never did see my dad again. I haven't spoken to my brother uh, in, in at least 15 years ever since that meeting. Really? And and uh, I, I'm pretty sure that my other two sibs are in the same position. I assume your brother knows that you guys took dad to the lawyer. Oh, he was there. He had to, he had to bring him downtown. Oh, the younger brother yeah. also was in the meeting? No, he wasn't in the meeting. He was outside waiting for my father. <laughs> no way. He was brought in to the meeting just for a few minutes just to uh, uh, have the lawyer speak to him. Wow. That must have been awkward. Your your brother got the, the RSP mm-hmm. and the house. And uh, rightfully so. His siblings aren't too pleased with that. And the price he's paid for that you know his um lack of communication going forward with his siblings and 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 their kids your kids you've got kids and he's got kids and so the the grandkids uh are being punished in a way as well potentially i, I still think uh uh like all the nieces and nephews uh maybe share some social media time but all right but uh you know we've never been back to the uh old family home and I don't think my uh, other brother and sister has either. So the moral of the story, it's like good fences make good neighbors. Put the estate in order. Don't assume anything. As Barry Lebo said on one of your previous shows, these family situations can get very nasty, but you should put the estate in order just to make sure that it's fair and everybody gets what uh, they, they should get. Right, because uh, don't don't be offended, but you know you were kind of naive, right? You just mm-hmm. never thought this this would happen, right? Who would have thought that uh, you know your sibling would do this? <laughs> I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that in my twenty years of uh, being a financial advisor. Interestingly, so I'm going to uh, connect the dots here a little bit with um, a future show because one of the reasons uh, Ron's here today to talk to talk about his story is because, I mean, as interesting and compelling as it is, Ron's spouse also has a a story of her own, completely unrelated. 
except for the fact that once again it was uh, a sibling who was un, you know unexpected to go sideways or you know if, if you know what I mean and and that happened in in the case of of your wife she's going to be a guest in a future show um it's not going to be next week but it won't be it won't be far away and that's not uncommon so both in this case we're talking about both uh, husband and wife married couple two different um unpleasant I'm trying to find a, a polite word to use to describe it unpleasant estate settlement experiences that are completely unrelated to each other but um that's that happens when there isn't a proper plan in place right well it's because of the experience i went through and having known you with all your estate background we've asked you to help my wife mm-hmm. yes and i'm happy to do that and we're doing that um i don't want to steal her thunder so we'll wait till she's in the studio here to to share her story but i want to uh you know thank you ron for you know being here today it's it's brave of you and uh, bold of you and and generous of you to uh, to share that story i know it's not a happy one but hopefully we're motivating other people to um take action and uh, not have the blinders on and not uh, be assuming that everything's going to be just rainbows and lollipops because that's what they're hoping for but it, it doesn't always work out that way right get professionals involved it's worth it Thanks again for being here. Uh, this is the Avoid Probate Show on AM740. I'm Jason Lather. We're going to go into a break, and we'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back to the Avoid Probate Show, Zoomers. Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. And uh, thanks, Ron, again for uh, sharing that story with us. That was very compelling, and um, I'm glad he was here to to do that. Um, I want to say to the listeners, uh, wow, what a great response we've had in terms of uh, emails and phone calls. Please keep them coming. Keep your calls and emails coming in with your questions. I'll try to reply to every one of them. I'll share some of them with you each week. We're going to do that in a few minutes when I dive into the mailbag. Um, I said I'd give out the contact information again. So once again, the email address is info at avoidprobate.ca. And the toll-free number is 1-844-667-7628. There's lots of great info on the website for you. The website address is www.avoidprobate.ca, so that shouldn't be too hard to remember. And on the website, you should find a free probate calculator that you can play with to get an idea of how much probate might be payable on your estate or on uh, mom or dad's estate or all of the above. Okay, I want to jump into the mailbag, speaking of uh, mail. And once again, um, thanks for everyone who wrote in or called in. Uh, A listener to the show called me with a couple of questions about her investments. If you missed any of our shows, you can find past episodes on the Zoomer Radio website. I know that the link is up now and it works just fine. So please do that if uh, you want to hear anything you've missed. This listener who called in uh, recently is 86 and she has four adult daughters And as it happened, she already had an appointment booked at the bank later in that week. 
to add all four of her daughters uh, as beneficiaries onto a non-registered investment account. And I told her, I said, that can't be true because, as you know, you cannot add a beneficiary to a non-registered account at the bank. But she thought that that's what was happening. And I said, I know what's happening here. At this appointment, the intention is not to add the girls as beneficiaries because you can't. The intention, I was assuming, was to add the girls on as joint owners. I had to warn her. I mean, thank goodness she called me when she did. I strongly advised her not to do that. You've heard me talk about joint accounts and how much I hate them most of the time. I think it's safe to say this is going to be a recurring theme here on the Avoid Probate Show. I explained that if she had one daughter, then it wouldn't be such a risk. But exposing her investments to all four was something I needed to warn her about, especially since she told me that the girls don't all get along. I explained to her that there is a better option, which is to transfer the funds at no cost over to an insurance company where we would reinvest them in her name solely and name her daughters as equal beneficiaries. This protects her money, but still ensures that when she passes, the girls are all treated fairly. And of course, the best part, no probate and no frozen accounts for the executrix. The executrix is what we, the term we use for a female executor. Uh, the eldest of the four in this case. As is often the case, the elderly lady asked me if I could explain this strategy to her daughter, which I was happy to do later the same day when the daughter called my office. I often suggest to elderly clients that they include their adult children in these conversations. Most of the time, they're all hearing about it for the first time. I keep saying that it's the best kept secret in the country because the banks are not going to tell you to move your money. Quite the opposite. They're going to fight to keep it. Which leads me to another story. Speaking of fighting to keep it, I had a meeting with a family just north of Toronto recently. In this case, dad is almost 90, and he had a couple of different investment accounts at different banks. This is, this is common. The whole family agreed. Uh, it was a family meeting. The whole family agreed on the strategy to move dad's money and reinvest it at an insurance company so that it would not be probated. Of course, I sent the proper transfer documents to each of the banks, and in both cases, the documents were ignored. I figured that something went wrong at my end because I might not, I might not have been too surprised if one of the banks replied and the other did not. But when I heard nothing back from both of them, it just made me wonder, did I do something wrong? Did I, do I need a new fax machine? And yes, believe it or not, in spite of all their new technology, the banks still insist on communicating by fax. Drives me crazy. I hope my fax machine doesn't ever break because I don't know if I can find a replacement. Anyway, after a bit of legwork, we finally managed to get the second transfer completed just the other day, about eight weeks after the initial request was made. So, as usual, persistence paid off. Sticking with the mailbag... Um, I want to tell you about another couple stories that we got recently. So this lady, and again, obviously we're not going to use names, so feel free to uh, tell me what your story is. And like I said, I'll share some of them with the listeners because I think that's what they'd like to hear. This lady is 88 years old. She called me. Um, she has one daughter, 
And the one daughter, so she has some money invested at the bank. The one daughter, an adult child, lives in California. And this lady doesn't have um, a will or a power of attorney put in place. In fact, she's she called because she heard me talking about the power of attorney kits last week's show or the, show or the week before that. I can't remember. But I'm going to talk about that again before we wrap up today. But anyway, I explained to this lady, probate is already a challenge for anybody to deal with, even when you're in the same jurisdiction as the person who passes away. When you don't live in the same jurisdiction, when you are out of province, the rules are completely different. If you, if, if you live in BC, remember, probate's a provincial entity, and it's different in every province. And, and I have no idea what it's like in the United States. I know they have a death tax in the United States, and they call it a death tax. But you know what I'm trying to say is the, the burden and the stress of dealing with probate is bad enough when you're in the same province or same city. Imagine being, I don't know, 3,000 miles away in a completely different jurisdiction. Can you take the time off? Can you get the time off? What are you going to do? You're going to learn about the, the rules and regulations? And no, you're probably going to have to hire people, and it's going to be an expensive and lengthy process, uh, as usual, but maybe even more painful than usual because because you're not there. All right, lastly, um, this guy, was he called us because he needed some help in a situation where, get this, his mom died in the year 2000, and the estate hasn't been wrapped up yet. In fact, not only has it not been wrapped up yet, there's no executor appointed to this estate. This is 2021. She died in 2000. This is amazingly... Uh, not uncommon. Well, 21 years is a bit of a stretch, but it's not uncommon to to see these uh, states take years to settle. And I'll tell you why in this case. It's kind of interesting. Um, it's only him and his sister, and they can't agree. They can't agree as to who the estate trustee should be. And at the same time, they're trying to respect mom's wishes um, they did hire what's called a corporate trustee. So if you're in a situation where you don't know who should be the trustee or none of the options appeal to you for whatever reason uh, in your family members or friends, and that happens, of course, you can hire a professional. They're called corporate trustees. Um, normally, it's through the bank. It doesn't have to be through the bank. There are non-bank corporate trustees that are available. This is not an inexpensive service. But it is what it is, and it's it's part of the estate planning process for some people who just don't know who, or, or it's not maybe always a question of not knowing. They just might not have any options. Anyway, the the corporate trustee was a bank that was hired in this case, and they said no thanks. You know, once mom passed away, they looked at the will, and they saw that because the son uh, has special needs. Mom wanted to let him live in the house well, forever and only settle the value of the house when he passed away. So this was going to be a lengthy estate to settle. And this happens when when trusts are created upon death, uh, which happens all the time. A family trust can be created upon death. You know, that trust might have a 20-year lifespan or longer. There are plenty of examples where an estate takes decades 
to wrap up. So in this case, this is one of those cases and the corporate trustee walked away. And like I said, that left them not knowing how to, how to proceed. And the, the other question that came out of this was, um, he said, he asked me, he said, well, what do I do about the probate? Well, there's no, there's no executor that's been named here. And what I, what I told him was, and this is an important question, you don't have to be the executor to file the probate papers. Anybody can file the probate papers. You don't have to be the executor. And don't forget, the province, especially since the rules changed in 2015, the province is cracking down on this stuff, and the province wants you to file those probate papers because the province wants their pound of flesh. Hopefully you're not in a situation like this, but um, if you are, you, you definitely need uh, a help. And there's professionals out there that can help. Call my office, call call a lawyer, get independent legal advice. Uh, we call it ILA, independent legal advice. It's, it's not a bad thing to get, especially when there's more than one child, uh, more than one beneficiary, I should say, um, involved. All right, well, that's the mailbag. Thank you again for everybody who contributed. Um, I love answering your questions. And like I said, I'm going to try to respond to every one of them. And I'll share some of them on the radio confidentially, of course. Once again, I was very pleasantly surprised with how many of you reached out to request a copy of the Power of Attorney Kit that is published by the Ministry of the Attorney General's Office in Ontario. I mentioned um, on a past show that this kit is available for free and could be used in simple emphasis on simple estate situations if there is such a thing. And so again, if you'd like me to send you a copy, please contact my office and I'll be happy to send you a copy. I'll give the contact information out one more time. Email info at avoidprobate.ca. Toll-free number 1-844-667-7628. Okay, Frank's going to yell at me in a minute, so don't turn that dial. We'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember Insert your name. And we're heartbroken because Insert your name. Did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of Insert your name. Have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back to the Avoid Probate show on AM Zoomer Radio. Um, normally, this is where we wrap things up and I say all my thank yous, and I do want to do that. I want to say thanks again to my guest today. But before we say goodbye, you know, I want to bring Ron back in for a minute because, you know, I've been thinking about it, been thinking about your story. I assume that uh, you know you've, you've, you're you're smart. I know you're a smart man and you're an educated man. I know all that, and so is your wife. But you know you've you've learned from this life lesson, and therefore I know you've got kids, uh, two boys, uh, adult boys. So you're not going to repeat the mistakes, right? That uh, that's correct. You know your parents made. So you've got things set up for the boys, or yeah, we have a will, and uh, the two boys are going to share in the estate fifty fifty, and. You've named an executor. My brother. I always ask this question. It's a good uh, 
It's a good question to ask. Does does your brother know that he's been named as the executor? I think so, but I should remind him. <laughs> you should remind him. Uh, it's not a bad idea, and I see this often. Uh, I've said this before, too. You don't want it to be a surprise. Um, when you're named as an executor, that's that's not an obligation. I mean, it's an obligation, you, but you don't have to do it. You can opt out. So if it if it ever was a surprise for someone, they could say, "What are you crazy? I can't. I'm not going to be the executor. I, I don't know how to do that." You don't want to be in that situation, and that's why you know communication is key. And that's why I always ask if your executor knows that they've been named as your executor. Um, powers of attorney? Well, not yet, but that's on the list. It's on the to-do list. That's good. And like I know I told that story about the lady whose daughter was out of the country. You're in a similar situation with one of your boys, right? Correct. So obviously that boy is not going to be an ideal choice for power of attorney today. Not in the near term, unless he comes back to, to the country. Yeah, which which could happen, of course, right? And that's another point I want to make is that these documents can be fluid. Um, nothing's carved in stone. You can make changes to the will anytime you need to, and you should. They should be reviewed on a regular basis, and you can make changes to the power of attorney, and you should when situations change. And that's life. That happens. And also, Jason, we've made uh, our will public to both of our kids, so they both know. So unlike my situation or even you know my wife's situation, you know they're in, in the full know. And that's I'm glad to hear that because remember we you you didn't know if your mom or dad even had a will, and so that was you know adding to the frustration of the whole the process. But in your case, you've done the right things. You know you've told the boys, you've told the executor, everyone. Well, the important people know that there is a will. Hopefully, they don't know where it is. That's important, too. I mean, it has to be found, so you can't bury it in a tin can in the backyard, right? It's got to be found when when it's needed. So, sounds like you've done all the right things, Ron. Good for you. Well, and thanks, Jason. Yeah, we, we don't want to put uh, our kids through what uh, myself and my siblings went through. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Hopefully your boys can hear a copy of this show because you're going to have to let them know that uh, past episodes are available on the Zoomer Radio website. There is a a button for that, like I said before. So I know um, the one boy is out of the country, but I'm sure he has Internet access where he is. I know he's in the U.K., and uh, he can listen to his dad uh, on the radio. His dad's now famous. And with that, that is a wrap for this week's show. Thank you to the world's most patient producer, Frank, for all of his hard work behind the glass. Thank you, Zoomers, for your time today. Let's do it again next week. Get a car wash at Ontario Place in support of the Toronto Humane Society and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.